You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. We play a pivotal role in reaching the next generation. Find out in this message by Pastor Ryan Gidor. It's uh, in fact uh, the third installment of our Every Nation series. And I know a lot of you here are beginning to really understand who we really are. We're not just for our own consumption, Sunday in and Sunday out. In fact, two-thirds of God's name is go. Do you understand that? That's how important it is. Thus, every nation is not just our Sunday gathering and how we can be blessed in uh, really the way we go about life. But I hope that indeed you will come to uh, know who we really are and you'll appreciate why we are like this and We are not a special ministry compared to other ministries. And if you're here right now, and if you happen to encounter other churches and ministries, it's about time that you bless them. Amen? And stop comparing and be a blessing to people that you meet and your fellow Christians that you'll encounter in the coming years. And our own definition, it also means enact every nation in action because the gospel is what? Moving. And at the end of the day, if the gospel is not moving and it's not really invading Bad spaces, dark spaces of life, it is not gospel at all. Amen. And how many of you here, you appreciate that the gospel invaded those dark spaces in your life? Madilim na kahapon. Amen? And I appreciate how the Lord has transformed me. Never dawned on me that when I came to know the Lord, and I will tell you further what happened to me and how I came to know the Lord, but I am forever grateful that God changed binago ng Panginoon ng buhay ko. Amen? How many of you here, you appreciate that, that God has been so faithful and good in changing your life? Amen. Binago ng Panginoon ang buhay mo kahit demonyo nagugulat. Even you as an individual, okay? You're also surprised why you are seeing transformation. This is how we live out who we are in the society. We are in and how the gospel really has really made a difference in our lives and how it has and it will uh, really uh, bring transformation in the lives of uh, a lot of people. And as we gather uh, our lives collectively, we can really make an impact in our society. So the goal is that we will have a grasp and be inspired to actively be involved in every nation mission. Our goal goes beyond ourselves. Amen. Because the gospel is more than just what? Entertainment. That it went as far as Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. And the reason why you are here, you're seated here, and somebody invited you because of the gospel. We're not inviting you because we want you to join this religion. We're not inviting you so that we can increase our numbers. We're inviting you because somebody invited us before. Amen. And because of that invitation, we were forever changed. Nagbago po yung buhay namin. And more than just a transformation, that transformation leads to a mission. At the end of the day, if you have an encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God's love is unconditional, you would be forever changed. And thus, you can't help but tell people about the transformation that took place in your life. It is my prayer that more than just you being entertained by this message is that you'll be provoked to what? To talk about it. And you tell people about your newfound relationship in Christ. Amen. The goal is for us to have a grasp and an understanding. So this series is what? A mission or a mission or the mission of our movement that is totally anchored in God's Word. Everything that we're doing is from the Bible. That is why I am thankful that indeed when I started in victory 22 years ago at the age of 16, it was really God's Word okay, that led me to always use as a reference every time I make a decision. Now I'm 16. That was 10 years ago. Sorry, okay, I'm 37. Okay, 22 years ago, uh, it's the same Bible that we use here when it comes to how we go about our mission as a movement. So every nation mission statement is that we exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. So for the past few weeks, you've been acquainted with that. And the reason why we keep on repeating this and harping on this because it's never about us. It's about honoring God. Everything that we do honors the Lord, and it should honor God. If you want to have a successful life, how many of you here, you want to have a successful life? Okay? You want to have a successful life. Everyone wants to have a successful life. Nobody started the week with the intention and with the goal to fail. Nobody would want that. But a lot of us here, we have great intentions. By the end of the day, at times we feel bad and we feel sad. Why are we in a situation where uh, 
uh, we did not expect it to be. It is because you have overlooked that if you want to have a successful life, it goes with a very, very simple question. Every time you make a decision, ask yourself, does it please God? Is God happy with what I'm doing? If I will marry this person, will God be happy? If I join this business, is it pleasing to God? Will it destroy relationships? Do you understand? If I'll do this to my wife or my husband, it sounds valid to cheat. But does it honor God? If, as a student, you want to cut corners, okay, and, and, and gusto mo lang lahat ng bagay mapadali, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, everybody's doing it, but ask yourself, if you want to have a successful life, I hope that you always ask yourself this question. Does it honor God? Does it please God? That's how we go about success. In everything that I do and that I have done, it has been my question. This morning, I want to please my wife, but my heart wasn't really right. She was happy with my actions, but God was not pleased with my heart. I still miss the point. That is why every Sunday, we're not here to twist your arm and tell you what needs to be done. And the things that you need to do this week, it has a lot to do with the preaching of the word because we want your hearts arrested. And we want you to understand at the end of the day, we exist to honor God. So for the past few weeks, we did talk about two weeks ago, the church. And I hope you do appreciate that the church is not about us. It's about people in the world. And the reason why we converge and gather, because we want to make a difference where people that are harassed and helpless, that are in need of the gospel, can find hope in what? And freedom only in the church. Amen. And victory exists because of that. We exist to be empowered by God so that we can go out and meet your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your ex-boyfriend or your ex-girlfriend. Do you understand? Because at the end of the day, we exist for them and we want to serve them so that they can have a collision with the gospel. And about a week ago, we talked about the people that are helpless, people that are poor. And at the end of the day, all of us here, the reason why you're, you're in this gathering, we know one way or the other, somebody who's poor, a family member who's having a, a hard time going to school, and, and, and Victory has a foundation known as Real Life Foundation that exists to what? To help the marginalized, yung mga taong that are having a hard time really sending themselves to school. Thus, this series is calling all of us to help the needy and the poor outside of our ministry. And today we will talk about the next generation. So if you're asking the question, why there's just so much young people? Okay, before I came here, let me say that once again. Let me repeat that. Why there's so much young people, including myself? Okay, because okay, being young is not uh, uh, really about your age. It's a state of mind. Yeah. It's a state of mind. Amen! Palakpakan natin ang kasinungalingan. At the end of the day, okay, at the end of the day, it's not just because you're, you're getting older. It's about the condition of your heart that our ministry is not just for the youth because we prioritize the youth. If you're old here, we love you. We love you so much. But because at the end of the day, the gospel thinks long-term and we can't exist the next 300 years. Remember this. Look at the person in your right. Tell the person you are not a dinosaur. <laughs> that person beside you is not a dinosaur. You will okay, leave this planet because what? You have here is a dress rehearsal. The real show is in heaven. Amen. This is only a pit stop. Amen. That you don't, and you should not love the, 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 the world because at the end of the day, this is not where you belong. At the end of the day, you need to recognize you are an alien. Amen. Of this planet. It's in the Bible. Bring me to your master. Do you understand? You are an alien of this planet. And because of that, Okay, we know that you can't live for the next 300 years of your life. The reason why we're investing in the lives of young people, because we know this is long-lasting. Amen. So I hope that you will not feel bad. Why? We're investing in the lives of young people as a ministry. Why we're investing in, in nations. Why we're giving money to the works of the ministry and engaging the lost. Because these are the things that will last. Amen. So if you ask yourself, okay, what are the things that I do every single day that will last? And if you have nothing to say, you have been living your life, okay, safely. And I do pray that the gospel will permeate your heart so that you will understand that you exist not just to enjoy the amenities of life, but you exist because there is something bigger than yourself. And we will talk more about it. So we will use the book of Acts as a reference of how we can accurately go about 
really doing the works of the ministry. Because at the end of the day, hindi lang po ito hugot sa hangin yung mga, sa hangin yung mga ginagawa natin. It is always dictated by God's Word. The book of Acts was written after the, the meeting in the Jerusalem Council, wherein the Gentiles okay, was a bit confused. Gentiles, people that are not chosen by God, people that are outside of the gathering of the people of God, and the gospel is also for them. Okay, The person beside you is a Gentile as well. Amen? And, and they're very, very confused. Do we have to follow the law? Do we have to go through circumcision in order for us to be classified as people that are redeemed? And that meeting was, was very, very clear. It's not about the law. Though, if you want to go through circumcision, it's your choice. We have to uh, really clarify the things that uh, uh, needs clarification, that more than just uh, really circumcision, that the Bible states that we need to live pure and holy lives, and so on and so forth. So it ended wherein Paul and Barnabas parted ways. Do you understand? Paul and Barnabas. Okay, uh, opted to come up with their own venture. So there was a parting of paths. And, and this is how uh, the, the chapter of the book of Acts uh, began that we will uh, talk about. Okay, and today's message will begin in the book of uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 1 to 5. Paul went to a certain place. So open your Bible to Acts 16, verse 1 to 5. Paul came also to Derby and Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy. Okay, let's call him Tim. The son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Okay, how is it possible? We will talk about it. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and they increased in numbers daily. So a, a simple passage, but it was more of Paul reaching out to Timothy because the goal is that they will travel around to tell them what they have decided on the Council of Jerusalem. Amen? Do you understand? May pinag-usapan na they would want to communicate. Wala pong email nun saka text messaging. Amen? And we just bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day. Indeed, you are a great God and we know, Lord God, you are in control of our lives. If anyone here is in need, Lord God, I pray right now that you uh, really provide for their needs. If anyone is believing you for physical breakthroughs, Lord God, and, and personal healing, Lord God, whether that's mental, uh, emotional, and physical, Lord, grant them, Lord God, what they desire. I pray right now that this message will permit our hearts that more than just, Lord, our daily consumption and what we think is right and what makes us happy, Lord, teach us to go out of our way, Lord God. Because of the gospel, we will reach out and minister to people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And the reason why probably some of you here are asking, nagtatanong po kayo, bakit youth? Why would we invest in the lives of young people? I mean, we've got so much people that are in need nowadays, and some of us here are probably 25, 30 and above, and this is really and uh, what we need to prioritize. Remember this, okay? The reason why the Lord has blessed our ministry, not because we have phenomenal leaders. We have great leaders. But at the end of the day, 30 years ago, it was because somebody was not just so consumed with our daily affairs. We're not just busy with doing church. Amen. The people who started Victory are not individuals who are just comfortable with their daily routines. And because of what God is doing 30 years ago, they're comfortable with that. Victory started with a long-term what? With a long-term mindset. Victory started, okay, because this is not just about us and what uh, entertains us. Nagsimula po yung Victory Christian Fellowship because of a long-term goal. There is a vision that needs to be accomplished. And this is very, very important even in the way we live our lives. Because the way we look at the future has an effect in the way we make decisions today. And when I was a kid, and when I was uh, uh, really young, okay, somebody really uh, ministered to me. Somebody discipled me. And, and one of the things that really caught my attention, the reason why I was living in, 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 in a life of purity and wholeness that I choose to abstain and never involve myself with someone, whether that's emotional or intimate, because somebody gave me a picture of who I can be in the future. Am I correct? Some of you here, the reason why you don't save money, 
because you, you think you'll die tomorrow. You don't save so much because people that save would allocate an amount of money for rainy days are, are individuals that are thinking of what the future holds for him or her. Everything that we do in life has a lot to do with your perspective of the future. So if you're thinking of a great life or a great future, everything that you should be doing should reflect how you see your future. Amen. Yung buhay po hindi po kesera-sera. Kesera-sera. Do you understand? Whatever. You know, that's not going to happen. That you don't wake up one morning and everything is just falling on the right places. That's not possible. Life has a lot to do with what God has in store for you. How many of you here, you believe with your uh, heart, mind, soul, and strength that God has a great future for you and your family? You understand? God has a great plan. God has a great future. My question with all of us here is your future, okay? Or is it what you perceive to be? Or the future that you have, does it have an influence with your daily decisions? Or is it because your daily decisions would want to influence the future? That is what a, what a short-term thinker is. Everything that you do is always based on what you feel is right. Masarap to. Mainit ito. Do you understand? Lord, I realize that it feels so good, feels so right. In love kasi ako, pastor. Pagbigyan mo na. That's how we go about our decisions. It's always based on the feeling. Thus, we end up what? Hopeless. With no direction at all. Because every day that you go about life has and always based on what you think is right and proper. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, God has a great plan for us. And I hope that you have a clear perspective of it. And because of that, all of the decisions that you will be doing after this is always based on the future. And I hope that the future that we have and we have been discussing for the past few minutes, it is always aligned on the purposes and the will of God. And because of that, Timothy, the topic of this passage where Paul visited Timothy, who's already a follower of Christ. This is something that we need to always okay, be conscious of. Before Paul came to where Timothy is, his province, Timothy was a what? A believer. And the question there, and if you look at the whole life of Timothy, the reason why Timothy was a follower of Christ was because of his mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice. And Paul was just an addition to the team on how uh, Timothy will find his purpose in Christ. And because of that, because of that journey, Timothy became what? Mature in his understanding of who God is and his calling. At the age of 16 or 18, Timothy was serving the Lord because of what? Of the people that helped him discover what the future holds for him. This is very, very important. And we will talk about this in the next point because a lot of us, we think that we will wake up one morning with God's calling and purposes on our lap. There are a lot of things okay, that God will, what, will add into uh, your life in order for you to discover His great plan for your life. Timothy okay, found God's direction for his life when he, what, when he began to uh, involve people uh, in his life. And all of us here, I know most of us and all of us here are thankful that you have a relationship and a walk with God because someone went out of his way. Amen. A friend, a brother, a sister. This is why this passage is so simple and yet powerful because in Acts 16 verse 1, I, Paul, came also to Derby and to Lystra. And because of that, Timothy was recalibrated. He was a believer, but he probably was not really a particular of God's purpose in his life. All of us has a purpose. All of us has a calling. And because Paul introduced himself, he did not wait for Timothy. He went out of his way. All of us here, okay? If you choose after this gathering to go out of your way and make a difference in the life of somebody, you don't know what will happen. This is what the gospel does. It provokes you to go out of your way. And this is what happened to Timothy. And a lot of people would always tell me, Pastor, that's okay. We need to invest in the lives of the young people. Because Hussein said, the youth is what? The hope of our future. Amen. 
This is what Paul did to Timothy. And all of you here agrees with me that the youth and the next generation is the hope. Amen? Amen. Partly incomplete. Why? Look at our young people. Can you see hope? La, 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 la. Okay? Look at our college and high school students. Do you think that they will have what it takes to turn this nation upside down? I doubt. I believe partly, but not 100%. I believe that the hope of this future are the discipled youth. I was the scum of this earth. Please don't look at me like that. (laughs) The Lord has already forgiven me. So if you're telling me I am the hope, you will be discouraged. Okay? Because my goal is to be a corrupt politician. Not just a politician. I will be a corrupt politician. If you want to throw your life away, do it big time. This is why when I came to know the Lord, I want to do it big time as well. So if you're living your life haphazardly, wherein I'm not a Christian once in a while, I'm a Christian once in a while, that is the most depressing thing to do with your life. Remember this. Look up here for a while. Anyone who has thrown his life on an endeavor, whether that's good or bad, 101% is somebody who can say that was worth the risk. Some of us, the reason why we're not walking in satisfaction, because you have not given your all to the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the reason why I have given my all to the Lord, because he has given his all. So if you're young here, I'm telling you, quit wasting your life. When I turned myself to God at the age of 16, I encountered the gospel. At the age of 16, I started preaching the gospel. Anyone I can talk to, I'll preach the gospel to you. I stopped really perverting myself and, in, and indulging myself to sexual relationships. I stepped on the gas and I promised myself, I will marry a woman of God at the age of 25 and I will abstain myself from any sexual relationships. Not because I want to I wanna tell you that I'm better than anyone else. The reason why I'm doing that, because the gospel has changed my life. So it's not just the youth. It's the youth that has been discipled. The reason why you're here, because one way or the other, you have a young person in your family. You have a nephew, you have a niece. If you're a teacher, you have a student. Am I correct? And because of that, the reason why we're preaching the gospel, because we know there is no other way. So I want to invite you, if you want, and you're hoping for a better Philippines, you want that niece of yours, sakit sa ulo, that nephew of yours, to recalibrate his life, there is no other way. No rehab centers can change the life of the person other than the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we give God the glory for that? So we need to preach the gospel in our generation. So if you're here right now, you're saying that's only for pastors, you're getting it all wrong. Once you tell them that there's no other way but Christ himself, you're already preaching the gospel. Even though you're, you're, you're only familiar with John 3.16, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? <laughs> I mean, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only... What? Begotten. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, begotten son, whoever believes in him shall not perish. At the end of the day, I hope that if you're, you, you do recognize... That that passage can be your starting point, your entry point in telling people about the love of God. Okay, you don't have to be a pastor. Just tell them. Because at the end of the day, young people or a group of people or individuals that are, are looking for something that they can die for. Did you know the ISIS people are killing people randomly for no reason at all? There is a reason, but I don't think the reason is valid. You know, you know the history of these people? They're not, they're not rebels and terrorists. They are just angry boys waiting for someone to tell them what needs to be done. Paggalit yung tao, kahit hindi niya maintindihan yung dapat gawin, ng, o hindi niya maintindihan ang tama o mali, pag binigyan mo ng something na kailangan ipaglaban, paglalaban nila yan. So your nephew, your son, your child, he's not just rebellious, he's angry with life. I was angry. Because my, my parents parted ways and, and I grew up in a dysfunctional family. So whoever would come my way and tell me what needs to be done, I'll do it. Because there's no outlet of my anger. And some of you here, you came from the dysfunctional family till to this day. The reason why you're like that, not because you choose to be like one. The reason why you're like that, because you're angry. And only through the power of the gospel and the preaching of the gospel that your, your heart is changed. Kaya pong magbago ang puso natin. 
Part of that, we're starting with the youth, with the young people. Because these young people are easy to be convinced and, and they don't have a lot of things in their minds that can stand in the way, okay, to embrace the gospel. How many of you here, honestly, let me ask you this question. You came to know the Lord before your 25th birthday. Nakilala mo yung Panginoon. Bago ka maging 25, okay? Anybody, raise your hand, come on now. Roughly about 60-70% who turned their lives to God before they turned 25 years old. And, and that's a picture that, that proves that at the end of the day, we're doing the right thing. So you know what Paul did? He identified Timothy. There was identification that took place. You know, if you have a niece, may pamangkin ka, may, 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 you have a younger brother or a sister, you know what? If that person is, your, is part of your family, you don't have a choice. The reason why you're part of this family, whether you like it or not, the reason why you're part of that family, because God is simply saying, there's no other person that I would want you to reach out to. You know what? We don't have to go to Taiwan and appreciate our team. We don't have to go somewhere to make a difference. You have a young person in your backyard, and that's your responsibility. But I hope you don't see this as your job because it is the gospel that in fact will provoke you to go out of your way. In fact, if you're what desensitized and you're not sensitive to the needs of the younger folks in your family, it goes to say that you have not fully understood the gospel. There is something missing in your understanding. And thus, even uh, 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 Paul validated that I am reminded of your sincere faith. He was simply saying, the faith of Timothy is sincere because of the involvement of his grandmother and mother. You know, I hope that Timothy's father is also a believer. But if you are a mother or a grandmother, you have a role to play in the life of your grandson. What do I mean by this? When was the last time you have prayed for the younger ones in your family? If you're a parent, when was the last time? Do you pray for your children every single day? You have to pray for them. Parents, raise your hands right now. Parents, parents, parents. Okay, if you don't know who you are, just, just raise your hand, okay? Okay, you'll be a parent someday, okay? You are limited parents. You don't have the power, but you have prayer at your disposal. Some of us, our decisions are good and valid, but they're not of God. When we pray for them, it becomes of God. Some of us, our prayers are just so good and valid. So, so good. Say the word good. But it's coming from fear. Takot ka lang. It's not a good place to start believing God for what are uh, the things that you would want your, your children to develop and, and, and acquire. You start praying. And the Lord, in fact, might be dealing with your heart more than your children. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure, say the word sure, dwells in you as well. Because Timothy was surrounded by a community of believers, people who loves the Lord. If you're a parent here, bring your what kids to kids' church. Ask somebody to disciple your kid. I hope that as a couple, you have Christian friends so that you can surround your children with a godly community. You know why I want Christian friends? So I can impress them because I'm a pastor. Amen. No! The reason why I would want to invite Christians into my life so that I can be rebuked. The goal is just to work. That's my opinion. My heart, okay, has a tendency to stray away from God's call. My goal is to cover myself with people who knows the Bible so that they can correct me. Alam po natin, lahat tayo bias. When was the last time tinawag mo yung sarili mo, pangit? Pangit ako. Diba? Kaya nga pag-selfie, hinahanap po talaga yung profile na maganda. Para pag nag-post sa Facebook, talaga ibang dating kahit walang datong. Do you understand? Napansin nyo ba yan? Pag nagsi-selfie ka yun? Amen! Yung gusto mo ipakita yung pangit, yung ngipin mo, yung... Wala kang <laughs> nakitang post sa Facebook na yung, yung tao, di ba, sumusuka? Wow, sumusuka ka, selfie, yung gano'n. You're biased with yourself. And you have to be watchful with yourself. Because your greater, greatest enemy is that person in the mirror. So you need to involve people in your life. That's how we raise what, the young people of this generation. We surround them with a community of people who believes in God. In the same chapter, a disciple was there named Timothy. We go back to our main text. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. Okay, he was surrounded by, not just by Christians, because we know that our kids will be, what, will be exposed to people who doesn't know God. Our goal is not to babysit them. 
And I will tell you more about it. Some of you here, parents, your goal is just to, to, to babysit your kid. Oh, cute na money boy. Do you understand? Cute. I mean, uh, he's cute. But I, I want to I wanna inform all of you here, okay, most especially the parents, your goal is not to keep them. Because the day will come, you don't have a choice, but you will send them. They'll, they'll go off to work. They'll start their own family. While they are under your care, arm them. Say the word, arm. If you're a father, you have a son, arm that kid to fight. Not to bully anyone, okay? And that's what I'm teaching my son. I'm also re- really preaching to myself. So my son has to be responsible with his, with his brother and his sisters. He has to check his, his belongings and the things that he needs for school. He has to be responsible. Train your kids. Amen. I hope that you have, if you have a 10-year-old kid, if you're a parent here, you don't, you don't tell that, that, that boy, you're a baby to me. You're a baby to mommy. <laughs> Do you understand? Because the world is harsh. And babies don't survive. Jesus even did not remain a baby with a globe. Do you understand? Jesus Christ grew, crucified himself, died for humanity. He wasn't a baby with a globe and a curly hair. I'm not pertaining to anything. Just a globe and a curly hair, okay? Jesus Christ grew and became a man so that he can die for you and me. It is my prayer that as parents and old folks, if you have a younger brother and sister, remember this. Your life should be an example. I'm not saying that you need to be perfect. In fact, one of the things that that really I can use as an illustration this morning is that I see to it every single day. That if I do something wrong, I will end my day, cap my day, bending my knees, praying for my kids and telling them, is there something that I have said that really destroyed your morale for the past few days? Did I say something that was harsh and you know, and you know in your heart that it's not and God is not happy of it? I would look, the, look at them in the eye and I would tell them, can you please forgive daddy? I'm not perfect, but I'm teaching my kids someday when they make mistakes to say sorry. Parents, it's about time that if you're requiring your kids to say sorry, they should hear it from you as well. Amen. Amen. Somebody approach me. Can we give God the glory? Somebody approach me. Pastor, can you help me with my son? Sure, why not? Okay. He's acting like a monkey. Sure, why not? But before I help your son... Because he's acting like a monkey and his ways are not right. I want to tell you one thing, sir. I will help you. But remember this. If he's acting like a monkey, there is always a bigger gorilla at home. (laughs) Amen. And I'm not that gorilla. Somebody, sir. Somebody. And I hope you do understand. At the end of the day, you're the Bible that your son will read. I'm not saying you need to be perfect. But I want you to be humble. Ask God's grace to change your heart and life. That's the best way to go about parenting. Amen. Preach the gospel to our generation. Paul instructed Timothy. He said, As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. There was instruction that took place in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. He preached the what? The, the, the gospel to the generation where Timothy belongs, I do pray that as you go about your daily affairs, once in a while, it's good to sidestep and tell people. Okay? More than just the person that you're responsible of or a family member. I am highly convinced that in your lifetime, you'll encounter a group of young people. I see to it the reason why I would always invite the friends of of my kids because of this responsibility. The reason why I joined the PTA meetings so I can leverage on it. The reason why I would want to always be seen in school because there's always a kid right there who doesn't have a dad, who doesn't have a mom. Most of them live with their lolas. I can take advantage of that opportunity. You know what? When I was seven, I was exposed to the gospel. And my lola invited me to uh, attend the vacation Bible school of the Salvation Army. They believe in the Bible. So I was there for about two days, and 
my grandmother received a letter that I am not going to be admitted in that summer program. And I know where they're coming from because I placed one of the kids in a box, put a scotch tape on it, and I thought it was just for fun. And the parents came to, to, to that school and, and, and was really mad at me. But I, I, I thought it's just for fun, right? Put somebody in the box and probably he can live another day. My point is, samanga naman, okay? But but that that was the, the nobody talked to me, no no kids church teacher sat me down, because I don't know the right thing to do. I don't have a father. My point is that you'll be exposed to kids, use every opportunity, because at the end of the day you don't know what the future holds for that kid. So I do pray just like what Paul did to Timothy. He instructed the person because of what of the things that he needs to work on and improve. If you're a parent right here, this will help you. The phases of parenting. Or I call this the phases of discipleship. If you are a grandmother, this can be a good advice to your children. Age one to five, you discipline them. I average, I have a five-year-old. This guy is really brave and strong. You know what? I would apply five, six, seven rods. I mean, with all my might. And he would stare at me and would never cry. The Lord fashioned my third son as somebody who's strong. I have to bend him. You know what, what causes my son to soften? A hug from God. Remember this. There are approaches to discipline. Most of the times that we apply a rod of discipline, and that's in the Bible, but I realize after applying the rod of discipline to my son, my third son, my first son, my eldest, just two rods, he'll repent. My third would look at me. No, Sorry. I was like him when I was growing up. <laughs> but my point for saying this is that when I hug him, tell him that I love him, I mean, he, he, would, he, would, he, would, he would soften and melt. And as a father, I do pray that you will learn to discern the condition of their hearts. Don't end the day, okay, without talking to them. 5 to 12, training. Age 12 to 18, coaching. Age 18, friendship. I hope, diba? If you have an 18-year-old, how many of you here, parents, you have an 18-year-old in your family? 18-year-old. 18, 18. Wag mo yung likod, okay? Anak, bago ka mag-date, itong bimpo, do you understand? Please. And I'm telling you right now, if you miss the phases of, of parenting, um, there's, there's a way. Okay, invite them to, to really join a group here in church because that can influence them. You cannot isolate your son. You can't isolate your child. He needs a community to help him discover who he really is in Christ. Amen? For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I do pray that all of us here we know that there is a young person. How many of you here, let me ask for the last time, you have a young person in your family. Young person. Young person. Young, young. Okay? Put on your hands. How many of you here, you feel young? You feel young. Don't lie, okay? <laughs> it's okay, okay, to lie once in a while. I'm just kidding. You know what? I do pray that more than just our daily affairs that we go to work, that we always consider, God, I want to be involved in what you're doing in the next generation. Because remember this, God is not just thinking of our daily concerns and affairs. He's thinking of the future. There is no other way to do this but through the young people. The reason why the devil wants to destroy the young people so he can destroy our future. The reason why he wants to destroy my life. I came from a line of men that has an average of two, three wives. In our reunion, it's celebrated. Hello, girlfriend. It's awarded. But not me. I have 12 half-sisters and the only guy. So you know the potential, right? <laughs> Do you know the potential, okay, of me committing? But for the first time in history, the Lord was gracious and faithful. That I married, faithful to my wife, with four kids, because of the grace of God. Because somebody, when I was in high school, went from Manila to Bacolod to tell me about the love of Jesus. Little did they know that after 10 years, I'll be the pastor of Bacolod. It is amazing. So if you have a young person, you don't know if that person will be the next senator, next counselor, or a barangay captain. Do you understand? 
or or somebody okay who will be uh, really involved in shaping this nation i do pray that you will be used by god just like what paul did to timothy if you're a parent don't be a dream crusher i mean gusto ng anak mo mag magdoktor magartista ka na lang pag sumikat ka politician dun ka magartista do you understand i mean I know that life has its own way of, of, of shaping the life of your son, but don't be a dream crusher. You know my son wants to be an astronaut, but his grades <laughs> is astronomically wrong. Okay. <laughs> I have to meet with him, care for him, but always he would always tell me that I want to be an astronaut. I'll go to NASA and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be great. I would look at his grades and his dream, there is a disconnect right there. Sabi ka, anak, go! Diba? Kahit labas sa ilang, go, go! Because I'm a parent, I don't want to crush his dreams. Parents don't crush their dreams. Unless na lang mali. Dahil gusto ko maging terrorista. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I'm doing it for God. <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to disciple your son. So if you are an uncle or, 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 or somebody who was a younger person in your family, the dream, the heart of this ministry is that we will always invest in the lives of young people. Because young people are really what? The hope of our nation. We preach the gospel with our generation. Some of us, our responsibility is that more than just in, and for them, I do pray that you will not only okay, tell them what needs to be done. I want them, and I want you to hold them by the hand and tell them, there are people out there just like you. I will enjoy you. I will accompany you. I will partner with you. In our Philippine culture, we what? We relinquish. We want them to inherit it. Okay, ito na yon. Bibigay ko sa Let me leave you. No, that's not how we go about. It. The Bible says it's holding them hand uh, by by the hand. I do pray that you'll be that father, that you can relate with your kids. I, the reason why, I see to it that I'm exposed, involved in their lives, so I can relate with them. Don't mind their age. There's a way to relate with them. It is my prayer that you will have that understanding. Just like what Paul did. He was well spoken of by the brothers, Timothy, at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. I do pray, if you're a father here, uh, here, invite your children to accompany. There are times they won't understand what you're doing. Invite them. Invite them. And be with them. At times my son would not, I would require him. Okay, just be with me. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you okay, whatever you want. You want something just accompany me. Because the greatest reference that they will learn from is your life. I mean, when, when somebody cuts me while driving my car, if I'm with my son, I'll have to lish my temper. But if he's not around, that's it. <laughs> I hope that, that you expose your kids in the same manner. And, and, and this is what Paul did. If you have a young person in your family, there is such thing as internship. Internship is not a word that probably uh, you, you, you have a different definition of. Very, very simple. Internship, ask somebody to watch you do things. Because we are racing from the next generation and they have to see what you're doing. If you go to the market, you go to the office once in a while. If you go somewhere, do what times are let them see. You know what? The other month, there is a pastor's meeting of all our pastors here in Alabang and Pastor Joey Bonifacio. I invited my son to sit somewhere so he can listen with our discussion. So I want my son to learn. And I realize that if they're exposed to godly men at an early age, they will become godly. Because I want them and I want my son to see that godly men are not just what? Are not, are not losers. Because that was the mindset that was given to me. That men are fragile, losers, and if you go to church, yeah, you're, you're a person okay, who's soft and probably who doesn't have a conviction. I want my son to say these things. If you are not a parent and you have younger folks in your, uh, uh, in your family, expose them to friends that are godly and are really people who knows the Bible because God thinks long term. It is my prayer that the, we see things the way God sees things. We think long term and we know that there's no other way but through the next generation. If your vision is for a year, invest on in food. 
You love to eat, right? If your vision is for decades, invest in your body. If your vision is for a lifetime, invest in the youth. It is, do, uh, it is my desire that we always think more than just what we need and what we want. Parents, kuyas and ates, we make a difference. We leverage, we take advantage of every opportunity when it comes to young people. The Philippine national heroes, they're young. 25 years old, 27 years old, 20 years old, 28 years old. You know them, right? Sino sila, Pastor? Okay. Google it. Okay. Compared to the founding fathers of the United States of America, they're on their 50s and 60s. Isn't that really not just a coincidence why we have young people in our nation? Now, I don't know if you're familiar. Our Victory Alabang pastors came to know the Lord. Pastor King, nine years old. Myself, 16. Pastor Edre came to know the Lord, 14. Pastor Ariel, 18. Francis, okay, 19. Pastor Jonathan, and of course, Pastor Sonny, 22. Uh, Medyo <laughs> Kidding! 22 nga eh. Okay? They're young when they came to know the Lord. I hope you do understand that if you appreciate what we're doing here, because we have been captured young in the same manner. The reason why we can have really a great future because we know our ministry, we do prioritize all of you. But we invest in the young. We love you. The reason why there are old folks in the house so that we can teach the young. See, if you're old, you have a responsibility to the young. Amen. As they went on to their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So when Timothy went with Paul, he saw how Paul went about other people, went about other churches. So the churches were strengthened in faith, not just because of Paul, but because Timothy was also around and they increased number or in, in numbers daily. This is why it is a must that as we advance, honor God, and make disciples, we always think of the poor. We always think of the next generation. We always think of nations. We always think beyond ourselves. If your mission isn't all about you, it will live beyond you. Benedict was uh, a student, and he felt like he's really limited. You know, Madeline is a household helper, but she did not allow her job to prevent her in really investing in our campus missionaries. Joyce was a little person, and it did not prevent her from really uh, making a difference in the lives of the students. I do pray that no matter how limited you are, remember this. Look up here for a while. No matter how limited you are, remind yourself. No matter how limited you are, you have a God who is limitless. Let me remind you, the solution for this nation is the next generation. Now you know that more than just our desire to invest in the lives of young people, we have campus missionaries here. Steph, join me here. She's one of how many? Ten. Join me here in front. One of our campus missionaries went out of her way because she wants to serve. They do raise their own support. And I'm not here to raise funds, but to remind you, nothing can stop us in making a difference in the lives of young people. And I do pray you will always consider and you will always ask yourself, what can I do to help the next generation? Whether through a campus missionary, or whether through the lives of your children and people that are younger than you, you will do something with what you have and the authority that God has blessed you with. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Their ministry is not just for the needy. But also, Lord God, for people that will shape and run this country in the coming years. I pray, if you're a parent, raise your hand, that you will bless, Lord God, whether at times you're finding ways and how to 
connect and invest time with your children, I pray for God's grace to overflow in your life. If you're a dad, mom, or a solo parent, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. Bless their lives, God. That though they're not perfect, that they will not walk in condemnation. The word of God for you, there is therefore now no condemnation. If you are a mother, a father, raise your hand. If you're a grandmother, a grandfather, grandparents in the house, we need you. Lord, I pray for grandparents and parents that you will use them, Lord God, to set an, an example for the next generation. You can put down your hands. If you are or someone, though you're not, you're, you're not a parent, but, but you have a young person in your household, you have a brother or a sister, raise your hand. Lord, I pray for these people, Lord God, that are exposed on a daily basis, Lord God, with younger folks. I pray that you instill in their hearts that more than just, Lord God, how you will bless their lives, that they will be involved in what you're doing in the future. Anoint them, use them, equip them. That they will eventually, they can make a difference in the life of people that are younger than them. You can put down your hands. Lord, bless this ministry. That we know that the next hundred years, Lord God, of honoring your name and making disciples will be through the next generation. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, you're saying how we wish somebody could have gone out of his way to tell me about the, the love of God. How we wish somebody could have invited me to a gathering like this long before so I can encounter God. I want to tell you this morning or this afternoon, if you're here right now and if you want to have a relationship with Jesus, it is not an accident why you are here. The reason why you are part of this gathering because it was God who brought you here. So, hindi po aksidente ito. Ang Panginoon po ang humayo sa inyo na makilala siya. So, I don't want you to lose this opportunity. I want you to take advantage of this opportunity to invite Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. By praying this simple prayer, of accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say this after me. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, I want to know you. And today, say this with me. Today, I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Panginoon, bigyan mo po ako ng bagong pag-asa. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God! We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.